You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Okay, friends, today I've got a little surprise for you, and I'm actually was a little surprised myself. You're going to hear a man's voice on the Mom Next Door Stories of Faith, and I was a little surprised when I got uh, encouraged to get an interview with Mario, and I thought, wait a minute, it's a guy. How am I going to interview a guy on the Mom Next Door? But then I was reminded that every guy also has a mother. And the more I read about Mario's story, I just felt like you need to hear his story and the impact that we can have on our children in their lives from a very little age to all the way through. And so I wanna just start out by reading the first uh, paragraph here, a little bit about Mario's history. In 2004, and at the age of 20, I broke my neck diving into a shallow swimming pool in Costa Rica. Our surf trip ended early that year. Mom had begged me not to go, a mother's intuition. She had dreamt that it had rained heavily and all the trees in the jungle snapped. I still remember the bottom of that pool and my body, a pile of brittle bone. In the emergency room, the doctor told me I'd never walk again. I remember his sterile eyes, his voice a morgue and his words like cold dead bodies. I'd be better off at the bottom of the pool, I thought, but I wouldn't get emotional in the emergency room. So Mario, would you just take us back maybe to a little bit of your history, who you are, what brought you to that? And then I would love to just hear about your mom and how she was a part of your story. Great. Well, thank you for having me, Pam, and to all the audience on Mom Next Door. It's nice to meet you. I'm honored to be the first man voice on here. I'm 37 years old going on 13 years old. And my story, when I hear it back, it's still really chilling. That took place in 2004, but it feels like it was yesterday a lot of times. And I still have all those feelings just really right at the forefront of my mind. When I was 20 years old, when that happened, I had been attending Point Loma Nazarene University in San Diego, which is a Christian school. And I was playing soccer and I ended up leaving the school because I was kind of going on a, not a wayward path, but I, I didn't know what I wanted to do really in my life yet. And I, I left school, moved back home and was going to another school. And I was on a summer vacation in Costa Rica. And God was in my life at that time, but God was really a kind of on the back burner. I was mostly feeling like all I cared about was myself and my own future. And I had these big grand plans and um, started to, to formulate more of like a business. I wanted to be this business mogul. That was what I guess my plans were at that time. And we went to Costa Rica and I was just God was just not there on that trip, I felt like. And on the last day of the trip, I dove into a shallow swimming pool in a hotel that we had visited the night before. And everyone was 
partying around the this little bar area and I snuck off to go dive into a swimming pool and I, I still it feels weird to even think of what drew me to the pool it was like something was drawing me to it and I still can't fully explain that but I hit the bottom of the pool and I immediately knew I was paralyzed it was an immediate feeling it's probably the worst feeling that one of the worst feelings I've I've had in my life to just immediately know that life was never going to be the same. And I was underwater for a short period of time and not even sh sure I said a prayer. I just was in awe and then I drowned. And my friend, uh, luckily, he, luckily, I was bleeding a little bit. A little bit of blood was coming up from the water and someone on the pool said, hey, I think your friend's bleeding. And he jumped in and pulled me out. And one of many of these miracles that I can point to, he had just learned CPR two weeks before and he was, didn't want to do it, was yelling, I guess. Uh, Does anyone know CPR? And nobody knew CPR. And he did CPR for the first time and brought me back to life. And I was there and I, I couldn't move. And then the rest was a, a, a blur of bumpy road Costa Rican road we for three hours to get to the hospital and Spanish being spoken and my friend who went in the ambulance with me kept asking me hey can you feel your feet and I said no I can't at one point I actually and this is the only time I've ever said this but I told him in the ambulance can you kill me and so that was the 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 first, just this tragic moment. And then I wake up and I'm in the hospital and there's a, a young nurse and she's by my bedside and she's praying in Spanish. And at that moment, it felt like I know God's here. And I know there's, this is the beginning of some sort of journey that you see in movies and you, you think about in stories that this is my the beginning of my story and ever since that first moment with that girl i just i knew god was there and god never left and we came back to america and i'm so blessed to have the most amazing family and my, my mom and my dad and sister and this group of friends that came around me in the hospital and so i was very very blessed to have this really strong support system in the beginning and i was in the hospital for three months trying to figure out what life had in store and and god god was there i just i'm so lucky and blessed to have god's love in that room because it it was very painful and the, the depression was was in there but it was always this knowing positively that something better was in store that something was going to come from this that god was going to use it somehow so that was i don't know if that's an encouragement to anyone or with, with a young boy, but, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's great because I, I talked to a lot of moms and now I have adult children myself and, and it, when you're starting out, you have this, um, idea that you, you want your child to grow up and do everything. And if you do everything right and take them to church, then they're just gonna automatically follow, but there is a time in, our children's life when they decide what path they will take. 
And as a mom, we can just keep praying. And it sounds like your, your parents, um, you probably grew up, grew up in church and here you were at a Christian university. So there was, I, I assume your, your home was a faith filled home, but yet you came to that age. And I love how, you know, even though you were doing your own thing, you did have an awareness when this tragic event took place that God was there. He was watching, he was with you. Yeah. Yeah. That was something that I, uh, again, I was so blessed to have had a relationship already with God. I was, I was raised Catholic and went to Catholic school from kindergarten to eighth grade and loved it for, for the most part and, and didn't like it for a lot of things, but had great friends. And since I was a little kid, praying with my mom and, and praying in general, I always knew God was listening. I, I feel like there was never a moment in my life where when I would pray as a little kid that I didn't believe that somebody was on the other line listening to what I had to say and was listening to my prayers. So that was such a huge foundational thing is that I think as a child, when I look back that my mom instilled that in me and going to Catholic school was a really foundational thing for me to learn the Bible stories. And, and then in high school, I started going to a Christian church and my high school was a wild ride, despite my, my mom trying as hard as she could to keep her son as a, her, her little, her little bud. I turned into a wild, uh, egotistical athlete. I was that type of kid where I was good at sports and was, uh, handsome. And so it was just, uh, I wasn't the best role model. And, and I was even, and, and I get embarrassed to say this and I'm still ashamed of saying it, but I was a bully too. And I don't know when that started. I, I think back to it sometimes. And I think it was probably around probably fourth grade when you start looking at girls and I had a, I loved making people laugh and it became easy to make people laugh at the expense of other people. And when I broke my, when I got hurt and broke my neck, I, I went from the, this tall mountain to the bottom of the pit and people would look at me differently and girls weren't looking at me the same anymore. And I would hear people would ask me questions and they still do all the time which I don't mind. And I understand, but just feeling much like the other and like the people that I might've made feel lower and less than and being in a wheelchair really um, changed my whole perspective on how to treat people and love people, but really shined a light on how much damage I probably caused a lot of people. And I, I still deal with that um, past. It's an absolute journey that we're all on. Mm -hmm. And we learn a lot of things along the way. Uh, I'm curious, you said that during, while you were all that time recovering and the years following, you really started to dive into reading and that became your obsession. I'm curious, were you a reader before your accident or was that just a new thing as you, you know, God changed your life? Mm -hmm. I, I, I loved reading growing up 
and I, I attribute that to my mom in many ways and my dad. My dad was always reading something in the home and at home, always reading books or the newspaper. So it was always something that I, so I would read comic book, comic strips off the newspaper and I would try to read articles when I was little. And my dad used to actually pay me five bucks to do a book report during summer and incentivize me that way. But my mom really, I was probably, cause I'm in the eighties. So I was probably the first round of scholastic little catalog and we would buy books. And I remember when goosebumps came out that, that changed my life. I was probably in fourth grade. And so I did love reading. And when I got hurt reading, reading might not have been in my life as much reading for fun. I was in college and reading all the time, but escaping through literature was, became a a number one, pretty much time of my life. It was just diving into these other worlds as much as possible, especially when I got out of the hospital, we hadn't really figured out how to transport me around. We had this van, it was this huge van. And so I was home a lot and I was isolating myself a lot, but I was just reading and reading and watching movies and storytelling and stories became the central part of my recovery and this thing about having fun. And when I was little, I would tell stories and make my mom laugh. I remember, and I was always making her laugh. And when I started writing again, I started writing little stories and showing my mom and my mom would start laughing. And that, that became like a part of our relationship. Cause I was with my mom, those first, uh, probably three years after I got hurt almost every, I mean, every day I lived with them, but, uh, she was there taking care of me. So she was by my side in the morning and at night, helping me into bed, going through all of the crazy transition of trying to deal with being in a wheelchair paralyzed. It's not just not being able to walk. There's so much, I need someone to help me put my pants on. So it's a, it's a humbling experience, but storytelling at some point it became really evident to me that I wanted to tell stories for the rest of my life. And I wanted to tell stories that kids would love reading. And I wanted to tell stories specifically for young, young children, young kids, and not just boys, boys and girls, but I have a, I'm a still just this little weirdo punker athlete kid that, so I I can speak to them specifically, but yeah, I just, I love, I, it became just this huge part of my life and I'm so blessed that I found it and it, it all, it's crazy to think on your childhood, all these little things that were in preparation for your, your life now. And I, even as adults, I think we discover things that God might've been preparing us for this whole time. Well, actually I was thinking that when you were saying that, so you, you were preparing to go to college and be a businessman and do, you know, live in this, life of of the business world Mm -hmm. and so I would think your your mom mom and dad knew that and they you know how if you think your child has a spark for music you want to give them music lessons and you want to prepare you know and if they're if they're really sports you want to make sure they're in all that so I can imagine that 
you had the spark for the business world. And that was a lot of, of your influence then. And so then when your world turned upside down and changed course, like, did you have anything that prepared you to like, as a child, like, is there any way we can prepare (laughs) our, our children for, we don't know, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. We do not know the future that God has held for our child. And because things can change so simply like that, wow, how, how much we're supposed to invest in those foundational things so that when we come to those points, it's like, we're going to have to pivot, you know? And my, my mom always saw the, the sparks in what I enjoyed doing, what I became passionate about. And she was always so supportive and encouraging about, and I, and I loved writing too, when I was in high school and my mom actually said, you should be a writer. You shouldn't go the business route. She was trying to make me be a writer. And I asked her, I said, how do you make money off being writing? I want to have a house in Costa Rica. I can't make money off being a writer. And then she's like, well, what about Stephen King? And she named all these writers and she goes, you can just start as a newspaper journalist and you can travel around and be a journalist. And I was like, Oh, nah, I'm not going to do that. And I didn't listen to her. And so that, that's funny. You, you mentioned that she, I, I really encourage parents to, to let their kids be wild dreamers and to mess up and, fail when they're little. Cause my mom always let me do these crazy things. Like I would sell and I was a little businessman too. I would had a babysitting business when I was little and she was helping me with my accounting. Cause I was, I, she was teaching me little simple stuff, but let me sell lemons or I, we'd have a garage sale and I would dress up as a clown and go. And I'd say, if I can bring cars, I want a percentage of the, of the take. So I was always negotiating and my mom loved that. We, when I, when I was five years old, we started a cookie business and I put a sign out on the garage and not a single person showed up. And I said, well, what happened to our business? And she goes, well, you need to be a better marketer because no one saw your sign. <laughs> so my mom was that I, I really love that she was so willing to just let me do anything and find what I really enjoyed doing. So maybe she gave me a little too much leeway though. But I love that she actually tagged you as a writer way long before everything. Again, that mother intuition, right? That is awesome. Uh, So tell me, okay, let's just jump in because what I got was a, when I heard your name and I knew we were going to do this interview, I went on Amazon and I bought one of your books, I actually don't even know how many you have, but I bought this one called Paul the Apostle. It's a graphic story Bible. And so kind of the reason we're talking is, and even though I had a man come on the Mom Next Door (laughs) podcast, is because moms are always looking for resources for our children. And I think that, you know, just like VeggieTales was a, a very long time ago, it's like yeah. there aren't cucumbers and, and tomatoes in the Bible, but by using characters and using artwork and using story, we grab interest to our children and then can offer them a media that gives them a thirst to read God's word. It gives them an interest in God's word. 
And so that's what I see when I was flipping through this book. And before we started recording, my youngest came in because he wanted to meet Mario because he has flipped through this book, uh, Paul the Apostle, and he loves the pictures and the artwork and, and all that. And, you know, I, I posted a picture of it actually on Instagram a month or so ago when I got the book, maybe six weeks ago. And oh, one cool. person asked me, yeah, she, but, she, but one person commented and said, I don't understand what is this futuristic artwork have to do with the Bible. And that's what I was t- telling her is like, it grabs my boy's attention. My boy sat down to a bomb and one that's the reader was reading to the younger one and they were reading it. So tell me about maybe just graphic story, graphic, maybe some moms don't even know what a graphic storybook is. I think more and more people are learning what they are, but what do you do the actual art yourself or you just wrote the story portion or what was your involvement? Yes. Let me start from, I'll go back to my hospital room. When I was in the hospital room, I was given a book, a book of comic books called Silver Surfer. And I was never read comics growing up, but I loved comic book movies and I it's very much in popular culture. And when I got out of the hospital, I, I became fascinated with comics as well, not just literature. I was reading literature, but comic books specifically. And this thing that I had never heard of called a graphic novel, which is actually just a long form comic book. It's a full story where comic books are often a 24 page graphic novels are generally over a hundred pages. And it's just one single story. And I became captivated by the storytelling potential, the artwork is visually just stimulating and cinematic and draws you in. And, and I fell in love with it. And early, early on, I said, I want to make comic books for kids. I want to make graphic novels for kids. And I went back to college to a different university and got a new degree in comparative literature and creative writing, and then got my master's degree in creative writing. And during that whole time, I was writing and dreaming about comic books and graphic novels and was even writing thesis papers on how important they are for young kids and families to encourage their children to start getting into reading because our culture is so fast paced and everything's two seconds and the attention spans are, are getting lower and lower for a lot of kids. And it's, you, you, we need tools to get kids interested in reading words because it's, it's, scary to see how far away we are getting from having kids love reading. They, they rather watch a YouTube video. So that, that was one. So I'm rambling a little bit, but I was reading a book on Paul the Apostle and by N.T. Wright, a the, theology book. And it talked about how radical this man was and dangerous. And uh, like it was, it reminded me of a Mad Max movie where he's hunting when he was hunting Christians as Saul and things, things from my childhood started coming into the vision, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Lord of the Rings, C.S. Lewis, Narnia, Star Wars, all these things that I absolutely was obsessed with when I was a little kid. I love Ninja Turtles and it, I, I think that stuff is all really still great for kids to be interested in these stories because some I can understand why some people say, oh, it's violent, it's scary. And maybe so, maybe it's not for every family, but for me, it really just, it was a part of my childhood and I love it. And 
And that all came into this vision of, I want to do a Bible story. There, there already are awesome Bible comic books. There's the action Bible and the Kingstone Bible, and they're amazing. And I recommend them to families to have on your bookshelf. But I wanted to tell the story of Paul in a way that might surprise some children because the book of Acts is a little difficult to read sometimes for kids. It's this kind of long form travel journal of Paul. And there's these moments that are absolutely amazing, but they're a paragraph where he faces a sorcerer and and takes the sorcerer's eyesight and baptizes this leader that was under the control of the sorcerer like these amazing stories that are most kids don't know about because we're focused on other parts of the bible noah and these classic stories so acts was really interesting to me so we started dreaming on it i i started dreaming i started drawing i actually was went took art classes and started learning how to draw characters and just kept dreaming for over maybe two years about it and it kept itching in my head you should try this you should do it and started praying much more seriously about it and met with a pastor friend of mine a mentor and he's he gave me a a verse from uh first sam i believe it's in samuel and i'm embarrassed i, I can't remember the the scripture but jonathan is crossing over the wall to face the philistines and he's by himself with his with his shield bearer and he says i hope god has our back. I, I hope he supports this. And that that's the leap of faith I felt because yes, a lot of going back to that parent who said, well, what does this have to do with the Bible and the futuristic? And it, it it's a wild idea. I'm not gonna, I, I can't get around that. It's like a, a crazy idea that came and I was praying that it would bless families and I made it. I, I wrote a script and kept really praying and God continued to open up doors. And when I started feeling the doors opening, it felt like God was behind it. And I met a mentor that had been in the comic book Christian industry, who worked for Zondervan. He connected me to this really professional writer who mentored me and, and co-wrote the script and, and really transformed what I had written, what, which was just a long form, all my images and the, Paul is driving on a, on a vehicle through the desert and he has a boat that skims across the water. These are all ideas that I wanted the story to look like. And he transformed what I had done into an actual comic book script. And then I hired a writer and I was doing this all just do it yourself. Wasn't getting approval from publishers or from the world. I was showing people what I was doing and I was getting a good response. So I self funded and self published it. And finally, after four years of working on this book, we, we published the book ourselves and I became a businessman. I started a publishing company and started learning how to sell the book and was going from church to church. And just recently in the past two, about a year and a half ago, a publisher called Broad Street Publishing who publishes the Passion Translation Bible approached me and wanted to do a partnership and a deal. So that, so now I'm in partnership with them. And we came out with the second book titled Peter. And that's been a two-year journey. But the, the point of the book is really educational. That's the core of it. We want kids to read this story. It's the real story of Paul. We don't invent anything. We don't create any crazy, weird 
things that are not in the story, everything that they read, they can look at the bottom of the page and see the scripture reference and go back to the Bible. And that's exactly where it happened. And Paul faces a sorcerer. Paul, uh, Paul gets almost stoned to death. Paul gets transported in his dreams to another world. He gets visions and he heals people and he's, and he faces death like with the most brave heart and it's just an incredible adventure and this, this fun story and the characters are fun. And what we found is that by making them characters, so Paul, if you haven't looked at it yet, Paul is a kind of a fox man and his best friend Barnabas looks like a kind of monster, cute Sesame Street character. And they're just best buddies. And what we found is that kids really remember the story because of the characters where in the other books the action bible and kingstone bible which are amazing they're all human characters and it's difficult to distinguish them this creates an added ability for comprehension and that's also the the value of the visual storytelling with the comic books you're getting the audio the visual the the reading of it so kids can really recall the stories afterwards and we've had a lot countless stories of parents having to fact check their children because they would be quizzing their parents did Paul really do this and they're like well I don't know and they go back to the bible and now they're reading the bible together them and their children so it becomes this great tool for families and we're I'm very blessed and thankful that God pointed me on this direction because helping families lead their kids to Christ and to a life of faith is a calling worth living. And I'm very blessed to be doing it. Yeah. I think that this just shares the mission field of children, right? Whenever we go onto a mission field, we first have to learn the language, right? Otherwise we're in a totally different world. And I love that you're showing and reminding parents that children often their language they communicate in is a little different than Mm -hmm. parents. And so you're using this for that. Now, give me a quick look at Peter. Now, Peter has just come out and it just released and people can find it on Amazon and christianbooks.com or my website. Peter or Peter graphic story Bible. Is that what we look up? Yep. Peter, the apostle graphic story Bible. If you Google graphic story Bible, you'll find the two books and various locations. My website is a bear truth books, B E A R T R U T H. And I sell a lot of other comic books and graphic novels too. Cause what I found is that I was going to churches and they would say, you know what, this is really cool. And we love it. We'll, we'll buy a, a couple copies for our little library, but we're really trying to learn about Moses right now. Do you have anything on him? And so being the, the young businessman, I started trying to figure out, well, how could I give them that as well? So I partnered with a publisher, Kingstone Publishing. So I, I sell their books and Bible Bells, which is an amazing book for girls. They, they became great mentors of mine and I, I carry their books and other, other amazing books. But yeah, getting back to, to Peter, Peter tells the story of Peter when he meets Jesus on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus was the most 
awesome and challenging part of this book because we didn't want to make him a monster or a creature or a alien or so jesus looks very much a human in this world and it we we think it works we're we're excited he still looks like he belongs there and he loves all the different colors and creeds and shapes and sizes of all the creatures in the book so he's he really is what all these characters are trying to to strive toward and and become in relationship with so it's a it's the gospel telling it tells the whole story of jesus obviously we weren't able to put every parable and every little incident but there's many miracles and it takes it through from the meeting of peter in galilee all the way to jesus's crucifixion and resurrection and and afterwards at the early church where peter is gets the holy spirit and starts healing people and and then peter's awesome journey so it's really it's we we go from peter's perspective and it's his amazing journey through the new testament i like that you have available several small books because like you were saying the attention span of kids these days and adults i have to say i get distracted quite easily so i love that you can just pick up one and highlight and look at that i think that's going to be a real good tool for moms and families if you just pick up a Bible for a kid, even the action Bible, like you said, it's so great, but it's so thick. It's kind of intimidating. Yeah. So this is great to be able to leave chapter, you know, just a, a book here and there and, and your kids are going to pick it up and look at it. I have loved hearing about it. Yeah. The, the little comic books that we sell, those are Kingstone comics. You can get them on Kingstone website as well. Those are absolutely incredible ministry tools to give a child a 24 page book that's paper it's it there's something about it being not so serious you can roll it up you can shove it in your backpack obviously you want to try to take care of comic books but it's fun to not have to feel like this is something so important and you get in and kids start reading it and they're captivated and drawn in and they can see these stories in a new way. And it's the Bible is obviously the, the most awesome book ever with just by storytelling. So it really brings them to life in their reading. That's the biggest reading is so important to me too. And I, I always don't stress that enough. I, I want to help lead, help their help families lead their kids to a life of faith and with these tools. But I also want to help encourage their kids to read because reading changed my life and it's kids that read are just so much more advanced in the world. Thank you so much for being my first time guy on the podcast. And uh, I'm going to be brave enough to do another interview with the man someday. So Great. as another first, would you like to close us out in praying for the the moms, the dads might listen to this. Who knows? We might start a new trend. Uh, so pray for the moms and the dads that are listening, maybe the children that are going to pick up these books and, and that cultivate that love for the Lord and thirst for the Bible. I'd love for you to close us out in prayer. Great. Thank you so much, Pam. Lord, thank you so much for all the blessings that you bestow upon us and your grace and your love and for coming into our hearts and for all these amazing moms out there that are one of the most important parts of our existence. And thank you for putting it on mom's hearts to love their children and to 
to give them creative ideas. And Lord, just fill them with just an abundance of patience and encouragement and the strength and knowledge to speak to their children in a way that their kids listen and want to just constantly be eating from. And thank you for all the dads out there that are also just absolutely important, important and critical for the development of our little, our little ones. So thank you, Lord, for, for creating us and for giving us our amazing imaginations and the ability to, to lead others and to lead others toward your lights. So Lord, I pray that the books that I create and that other people create for tools for ministry to, to work in the ministry field of kids, that these books can just get into the hands of parents and really inspire their children and be a tool in the trenches because we know we're at war, Lord. There's a, a war for our children's hearts and we want to be strong warriors in this battle, Lord. So continue to help us and give us strength and the tools we need to, to win the battle for our children's hearts and minds, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been so much fun, Mario. I'm so thankful that we got connected and I am going to, oh, we want to make sure we tell people where to find you. So the best place if you're on the web is Bear Truth Books. That's B-E-A-R-T-R-U-T-H books. And any support there, if you buy a book, it supports our ministry and it really helps us. And if you want to reach out on Instagram and see my my gardening life, because I grow food too. We didn't talk about that, but I love to grow food. And so my Instagram is Mario DiMatteo Art, A-R-T. And you can see my life and my my new uh, life with my new wife. I just got married a couple uh, during in the age of COVID. So I didn't mention that either, but we have a beautiful niece and we, she's the star of our Instagram. Ah, that sounds wonderful. I'm going to go follow you on Instagram and I'm going to go hop onto Amazon and order that Peter book because I think my boys are about ready to jump onto that one next. Well, after we finished recording, Mario offered to send three of his books to my listeners. So to enter in the giveaway, go follow Tending Fields on Facebook and comment under my post for this show. Tell me what your favorite book was as a child. The winners will be chosen from the comment section on April 24th, and you must be a resident of the United States to win. It just makes it a little easier to ship your book to you that way. And if you're not on Facebook, you can still enter to win. Make sure you send me an email at podcast at Doesn't this sound like fun? I can't wait. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at Because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true.